Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Wendy Bowlesby and Melissa Kirscher. Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I am Melissa and I am here with Wendy. And we are at Fantastic Fest day number four with uh, our fancy little portable microphone. So we are in the thick of things and we are talking to people and uh, so you can hear the festival going on behind us. So we're outside, you'll probably hear some cars pass by too. Uh, so Wendy and I just got out of, uh, I wanted to say Bahubali, but it's not. Kalnayak. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, it was Kalnayak. Which I kind of think that Nayak must mean like hero and Cal means like opposite of. Yeah, not hero. So yeah. it's, kinda, it, it's like a French thing. It, so it is yeah. the villain. The, the title villain. is the villain where the, he sings. not hero. He sings songs. I am the villain. Oh, maybe it means like anti-hero. Ooh, mm, that, there's a concept. But I should also say uh, Susanna's with us too. Woo! Yay, Yay! Susanna! So uh, what did you see? Fraud. Fraud. <laughs> That's how the whole movie felt. Fraud. Aww. Which is, um, the director took a bunch of, I don't want to say found footage on YouTube, because it was this one family that apparently oh. uploads their life okay. on YouTube, and then he re-edited it with other stuff to make a completely new fictional, let me just say, storyline wow. of this family okay. committing crime and stuff. Well, that's actually kind of fun in concept, but yeah, it didn't it, come together. even without the committing of the crime, I'm doing air quotes. Uh, I don't like this family. <laughs> did he get this family's permission? He did uh, contact them and tell them what he, he said. He's contacted them twice before he even started, and kind of told them what he wanted to do. And the dad was like, "Yeah, okay, whatever." And then he contacted them later once they developed the story and told them kind of where it was headed of like we're gonna make it seem like you're on the run and the dad was still like okay yeah whatever (laughs) (laughs) but i mean i kind of love the idea of somebody like taking my random like taking all the selfies that i take and like somehow re-editing them to make it look like i'm a spy or something that would be fun yeah it's an interesting challenge in editing yeah it was innocuous video and turning into something yeah, and and and, the, and and a lot of it was you couldn't tell that they had cut other footage in, yeah. and then other places it was obvious because of continuity, like the mom's hair length would change, and it's supposed to be a timeline, right? Uh-huh. But the mom's hair length would go short, and then it'd go long again <laughs> in like a couple of days, and you're like, wait, or that it'd be uh, them at the mall, and her shirt would like change color, or you know, but. I mean, that's a really, I even like the meta-ness of it, of we live so much online and how easily 
that is manipulated. Yes. Yeah. And what we take for truth is nothing but perception and sometimes clever editing. Yeah. Yes, editing. Exactly. And he said he, he had like a group of editors. It wasn't just him because it was so much footage apparently of his family. Yeah, vetting footage must have been just a nightmare. Yes. He said he... Um, uh, he said the program he used for editing, and I can't remember what it was, but that it had a really good tagging system. So he had just three months of just footage that they were just tagging and tagging and tagging before they even actually started. Where he could just go, mom mad, and then it'd be the instances of the mom look mad or, you know, kids playing. And, you know, three months of just tagging footage Jesus! before they even started, started. Oh, God. That's... I hope he liked this family because he lived with that family. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's a project you need to live with. And apparently this family's not, like, viral internet famous. <laughs> like, all their footage was, like, an average of 100 likes each or something. Jeez. Yeah, so they're not, like, I don't know how he found them, but, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so they're not even, like, internet famous kind of family. It's just random I, family. I'm sort of, like, I, I feel a need to judge, and I am stopping myself. Like, why would you want to put your whole life online? But then again... Because the dad comes off that way. It's a, it, it's, all, it's, all, the it's all the dad filming, and he oh. comes off a little uh, creepy, <laughs> a little pervy sometimes. And, but it's all the dad. And so a lot of the footage is shaky. So the dad does not edit, he just uploads. He shoots and he uploads, apparently. Huh, how interesting. I don't, yeah, and public. Yeah, like them going to the mall, them on vacation, them camping, them just hanging around the house, them just weird random stuff, like completely random. On the other hand, as a mom, I do recognize that there are times, even, she's only eight now, but I really, like, I have regret that I didn't do more documenting when she was younger, so that now I would have it. I have my memories, but what's wrong with, like, maybe, photos. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should just follow her around, like, once a week for, like, 20 minutes. Just, I'm just going to film you. Someday I'm going to want this. And, and a lot of the shots, like, the mom maybe sort of starts, you can tell she's getting a little annoyed because the dad's in the way, but then a lot of the shots are, like, the mom's butt, the mom's boobs, <laughs> down the shirt of the mom. You know, just, just she's driving and he's like filming her legs, just wearing shorts and. Well, at least he's still hot for his wife. Uh, but then, oh, oh. <laughs> and it's like where you can tell the dad doesn't edit. It's like, oh, the mom, and then the camera kind of pans to the right at these because they're at the beach at one point, oh. and the camera starts panning around for the, and it's like, dude. Like, you should look, but don't turn the camera. That's, like, evidence. <laughs> oh, my God. Because he's not, and it's like, what? I guess, I guess I, uh, he's genuine, I suppose. Uh, yep. Yeah. Where yeah. you can tell, he doesn't edit. He just apparently uploads. <laughs> Sometimes giving people tools is a bad idea. Maybe you don't need internet access wherever you go. Well, the fact that they made an entire uh, more interesting movie out of this footage is really does prove the editing is the essence of wit. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so, so... So anyway, we'll go back to what uh, Wendy and I saw, and then we're going to race into our next film, which is already seeding. So uh, we saw Kalmayak, uh, the anti-villain, and anti-hero villain. Uh, Inside yeah. every villain is a hero, Melissa. It is. <laughs> yes. Yes. Villain with a heart of gold? Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. It, it is. is. <laughs> it turns out, as it turns out. So, yeah, it, this one was actually Bollywood. 
This was a true yep. Bollywood from the 90s, so a lot more your cla not classical Bollywood, like going back to the 60s, but more of what I think of when I think of Bollywood in that it's melodramatic. It's about yeah. interpersonal relationships. There's yeah. not a whole lot of really over-the-top action. It's, Although there is. Well, but it's not the over-the-top action of like, oh my God, we're going to fling catapults with a giant scarf attached and then set it on fire we're not to gonna, destroy the armies of the horror. We're not going to slide a horse underneath a truck. <laughs> right. It's just it's just fist fights. Yeah. Fist fights and shootouts. And, and Chekhov's rebar. And Chekhov's rebar. <laughs> yeah, there was a bunch of rebar just sticking out of a random wall. It's like, oh, that's going to be somewhere. That's the wall, the rebar. wall that bounced. Foreshadowing. Every time they, he slammed him up against it, the wall went boiling. Boy, boy, boy. <laughs> but there was, there was the one wall that was made of the same brick since that brick that got thrown and bounced. Oh, and yeah, mom threw the brick. The mother th throws the brick at the at the ground, and it's like it's sand and bounces. And it's like, go, mom. <laughs> it was so. It, um, it was. It was. It was it was fun, it was funny, it was uh, dramatic, it was it was everything, like Bollywood. Yeah, like, it, yeah. Uh, the emotional content is what goes up to 12, instead of the crazy action. Like, because Magadira was more crazy, crazy action, and just a lot more frenetic. This is a slower pace, um, but it's all about a villain who is a villain, and it got introduced by someone who just set the stage for it beautifully. I, I forget his name. He, he's Pakistani, and he gave the uh, uh, the background that he grew up in Pakistan, and uh, he remembers when Kel Nayak came out, and he was hitting puberty at the time, so he gave us a lot of information about the actress yeah, who led him into puberty. Well, and she is beautiful. Madhur, She's gorgeous. Madhuri Dixit, and she is still considered one of the great lovelies of Bollywood. And he was a huge star, and in Bollywood, good guys play good guys, and bad guys play bad guys, so here is one of their main heroes of Bollywood, but he's playing the bad guy, and everybody's just like, what? You can't do that! <laughs> but I love that he was like uh, Indian Gerard Depardieu. He really was. Really really yes, he really like, was. Gerard Depardieu, like, like uh, messing himself up a little bit to play a villain. A and, scoundrel. Villain. And you could tell he was a scoundrel because he kept cocking his head. And he, and he, had, his head. he had scoundrel hair in his face all the time. Oh, so much yeah. mullet. The shoulder pads <laughs> were out like a good yard. Oh, the shoulder pads were magnificent. Oh, my God. Yeah. And you know when he's becoming good because he starts wearing shoulder pads. Yeah. That's that's how you know he's turning good. And he really is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a signal of goodness. And, and, and then, you know, in the final big dance sequence, uh, he shows up in this black and white suit. Oh my god, I need it! And, and, and Wendy and I both go, what? what? <laughs> it's like black and white, and there's polka dots and stripes and, and checkerboards. Che checkerboard. They're everywhere. And there's a fedora and spats. And it was, it was amazing. Well, first he's, he's all covered up with this cape, looking like some thrift store dark wing duck. Yes. And, then he, <laughs> and then he throws it off to reveal this zoot suit of polka dots and stripes and checkerboard. And I just leaned over to Melissa and I'm like, I want it. And honestly, I do too. Me too. I will make two. Okay. I will make two. So help me God, I will make that suit. People are going to be like, I don't know what you're wearing. I feel like it's from a movie, but it's awesome. So who cares? Yeah. I don't get the reference. Yeah. It, it was just awesome. Um, 
yeah. It, it was super fun. It was super fun. Um, not nearly as much of an over the like, woo, but just so enjoyable. And it, we were sitting next to Rod, who'd never seen an Indian film, oh, and yeah. he loved it. So I'm like, yay, yay, more people coming in and seeing what it's about. Yeah, Rod walked out of that showing going, I need more. <laughs> and we go, Magadira. <laughs> Magadira. See it tomorrow if you can. He's got to be yeah, he'll figure it out. He'll figure it out. But it is. I think it might be playing on the last day. Yes, yes. last so, day. That's good. But we morning movie. We need to go in and see the new Werner Herzog movie. Oh my goodness! So we'll okay. talk to you soon, All right. listeners. Later. You did notice we walked right past Tim Burton, right? Yes, I did notice <laughs> that we walked right past Tim Burton. Okay. Okay. So hey, um, listeners, we just got out of our our, our second. Movie. Third, yeah. oh, second, no, second. second. Yeah, it's just that <laughs> it felt like an eternity. Uh, <laughs> so what year is it? God, dear listeners, we, we saw uh, Salt and Fire, which is the latest Herzog movie. The latest in- outing by Mr. Herzog. Herzog. Yeah, one, you know, because he makes like three movies a year, and it it is one of his quote narrative films, and I say quote because it's not a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> Dear listeners, this, this may be the zoggiest Herzog that ever zogged. I am literally is, giddy because I have had I got so much whiplash in that movie cognitively yeah. that I I am like giddy and confused. I kind of love I kind of love it, and I am wow just just because it's a hot mess. It, is, it was every once in a while Herzog just. He wanders around in his own colon for a while. Like a random philosophy. And uh, I, well, I am, I am glad I saw this movie. Yeah. Okay. Right afterwards. Right afterwards, I sat next to Rebecca Elliott. Like, blackout credit comes up, and she just leans over. What the fuck? And I replied. What the actual fuck? <laughs> but I am like, and I ran into Jason Murphy, who was actually physically angry at the movie. Yeah. And, but I actually am glad I saw it because that was a fantastic fest experience. It really was. I I am so totally entertained right now. I am so happy. <laughs> I <laughs> because okay, dear listeners, it's like Herzog decided to make his own Neil Green movie. Yes. It, it is, it is amazing. Yes. It's amazing. It's it, it, it's, a, it's like it's a science fiction movie that posits everybody in the world talks like Werner Herzog. <laughs> it, is, it is a world populated entirely by Werner Herzog. <laughs> we've oh by the way we've got uh, Barbara here and and Ray just walked up. If, so if, if you hear a random voice, it might be Ray. Um, but um, to the basic plot that doesn't make any sense is a woman is leading a delegation to go investigate an, a disaster that is man-made and she gets abducted by a man, by these men in black masks, very militarized and taken to a secret location where the CEO of the consortium like just starts chatting with her about Renaissance art yeah. and she's on board with that and, and, philosophy, and, there, and I just a... want a different perspective oh grab your bag we're going to go somewhere now um, oh, by the way, I'm just going to leave you here to camp for a week with a couple of blind kids. Yeah, in the middle of a salt flat. That, oh, you've got a week's worth of supplies. It's a three-day walk, but it's impossible for you to leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and everybody is talking like they're in some... They're, like, they're talking like they're inside Werner Herzog's head. There are it no... Con- well, not everybody. 
just Michael Shannon and Klaus, who is also Aristides. Aristides, yeah. But the female lead speaks speaks naturally, more naturally, not well. Uh, Michael Shannon, God bless him, he makes that dialogue almost kind of work. It is a testament to his great talent. As an actor, it's like it, when you're when you're given a script by Werner Herzog and it's like that, when you can sit down with it and go, okay, I can make this work. You are a master of your craft. Some of the gems include "Truth is the only daughter of time," and the audience favorites does seem to be "I only use the wheelchair when I'm tired of life." The most honorable death, the only honorable death for a man is the one where he is the deadest. Or something yeah. like that. Paul remembered it. I was, <laughs> and and of course we will use this champagne as a lure for the aliens. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't even know what that movie was supposed to be. Was it supposed to be realistic? Was it supposed to be stylized? Was it supposed to be a fable? Was it a tone poem? I don't know what the hell just happened. It, it's called Werner Herzog. I know. Oh, my God. It, it does... Uh, okay, so if you really know your Herzog, it, it bears a lot of resemblance to stuff like Where the Green Ants Scream, and... Uh, yeah, probably that is the closest, because Where the Green Ants Scream is a movie that he filmed in Australia with Bruce What's-His-Nose, who was, played the gyro captain in, uh, oh, yeah, in yeah, Road yeah. Warrior. <clears throat> yeah. And it, he is a, a scientist who is investigating... Um, God, I seen. I saw that movie so long ago. But he was investigating some sort of crimes against humanity that a corporation did against, you know, the environment and the Aboriginal peoples of Australia. And it's very similar to this, where not much happens, and and it's kind of an excuse to talk about philosophy. <laughs> yeah, and that's pretty much what this is. It's uh, let's strand this actress in a, the middle of a salt flat with some water and two blind boys and. Uh, 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 yeah. Oh, and and a uh, statuette of Godzilla. And yeah, yeah. It's and it's Herzog's kaiju movie because Godzilla is there. Godzilla is there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like when I first walked out, I, I was a little bit more like, "What the fuck?" Now I'm just sort of, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah. And I'm I'm super pleased about it in, in its own way. It's just like, oh man. I, only you could have made that. Really. It, it is extravagantly not bothering with what you might be wanting. Yeah. Like, it's, this is, personally, I want to make this movie. I don't care if anybody else gets it. <laughs> it's masturbatory. It really is. Yeah. But, I mean, it's got some lovely visuals. I, yeah. And, yeah, it's gorgeous. Like, yeah. he, he might be somebody's spirit animal. Yeah. I don't feel I, like... I kind of love that guy. I really do. Ah. <laughs> uh, and his yeah, wheelchair. I, I, when, he, when he wheels out in the wheelchair and those... Whatever those goggles Sputnik. were. Sputnik! They were like little Sputnik goggles! Or, or uh, electron traces or whatever or something. It yeah. It was like... Werner Herzog found that at a convention or something. That those are steampunk goggles that somebody made. He goes, yes, I am going to use this for something. So I, I, know, <laughs> I know who'd wear this, and his name is Klaus. Or maybe it's Aristides. Oh, you can you can walk? It's a miracle? No. I'm just... I don't use the wheelchair when I'm tired of life. Excellent. Oh, God. 
<laughs> All right. Oh, so next up, it's I amazing. think I'm giving up Asura because I'm not in the mood for a hyper-violent, uh, nihilistic cop drama. Okay. Because yeah, I'm cool. already questioning my life right now, <laughs> thanks to Mr. Herzog. I, I already have some deep existential questions happening, so I'm going to just go watch Miss Peregrine's, which will be light, well, pleasant. Yeah, and, and you'll get a Tim Burton uh, Q&A, Q&A if, I, if I can get in. Yeah, you should be able to. Oh, that might be the standby line. But yeah, yeah give it a shot. They probably have as many theaters they can throw at it during this time. Yeah, and then later on yeah. we're going to get Dearest Sister, which I'm excited yes. for. And I'm going into Zodiac Killer right now, which is one of the uh, movies that from the uh, American Genre Film Archive that has been uh, scanned into 4K format by the scanner I helped fund on Yay! Kickstarter. So, yeah, I get to see a crazy exploitation thing. I don't even know what the fuck I look forward to hearing your thoughts on it. It will be interesting. All right. All right. We'll talk to you soon, listeners. We have Barbara back, and uh, we are back after our third time slot movies. Yes. So, Barbara, what did you see in this time slot? The Miss Peregrine's School School of Peculiar Children. I I saw that, too. (laughs) The new... Too long of a title. The new Tim Burton, right? Yes. Okay, okay. And, Wendy, you saw that, too, Yes, I did. Okay. Ladies, how was it? I enjoyed it. Okay. It didn't blow me away, but it's very Tim Burton, and it's a great little story. Um, yeah, it's it's an it's an excellent movie. It's not anything that you're not expecting. Okay. Um, it is not as much Tim Burton as I was afraid of. Okay. He did not Tim Burton all over. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I, that's good, I suppose. And, and it's a stronger outing for him than he's managed recently. It's a lot more coherent. I think it helps that it's based on a book. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, like. His Tim Burton shown through in appropriate places, like his uh, the setting in Florida. He very much was having fun with making it very plastic and okay. and you know soulless, yeah, <laughs> devoid <laughs> devoid of life. Um, but it would have been really easy for him to goth all over the place once they got to Miss Peregrine's, and he really he kept it restrained. Oh, that's which good. I was grateful for. I th- good. So I think it's actually like one of his better ones recently. So, That's good to hear. Yeah. Um, good. And, um, and they did a really good job of adapting the book. Mm-hmm. Um, they made the book cinematic because, like, they condensed characters in ways and shifted characters. I was like, I agree with that. That's a good choice. And they changed the whole finale right. and made it a lot more exciting. Nice. So, yeah. I, I have no beef with having seen it. And Tim Burton. Is, <laughs> Tim Burton's a hoot. He's a he really delightful is. interview compatriots. Yeah. Um, he he was um, I saw him at a Q&A several years ago when they did Frank and Weenie. Oh yes. Yeah, and he was fun there too. Um, so, and yeah. so the yeah. line that we referenced was somebody asked him, "Okay, if you could have a peculiarity, yeah. What what is your wish for a peculiarity?" And he's like, "Well, I think the one I'd be closest to is Stain Boy. I just sort of leak." <laughs> the older, and now that I'm getting older, it's it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, charmed and repulsed in equal measure. <laughs> yeah, he's he's hilarious, and uh, I did not. I, I wasn't in that screening, but I was outdoors when it opened up and rained on everybody. Well, Tim Burton was on the red carpet indoors. And so I'm hanging out in the smoker's tent with Cargill and a few other choice people. 
and we're, we're hanging out and chatting. There's water just pouring out of the sky. It's just one of those sudden Texas rainstorms. And like a lake rains down on you. And so we're, you know, waiting out the rain. And this black car with black windows rolls up. And the driver comes out and opens up a checkerboard umbrella. And it's like, oh, shit, that's Tim Burton's car. <laughs> it's like, of course he has a checkerboard umbrella. Of course he does. <laughs> And, and out comes Tim Burton from the, the red carpet, escorted by several people, you know, and somebody's holding an umbrella over his head, and he comes through the smoker's tent and, you know, into the car with the man with the checkerboard umbrella and then drives off, and the rain stops immediately as, after he drives off. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> but Tim Lake actually mentioned that in the Q&A. He yeah. pointed out that he goes, I find it interesting that, you know, as soon as Tim Burton shows up, basically there's this huge downpour. And- yeah. Yep. And it all kind of went away. Yeah, it just off <laughs> like a faucet. The Immediately. Man, the man with the checkerboard umbrella is my Talking Heads cover band. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. There you go. So that's what we talk Yep. I mean, um, if you've seen the... It's coming out next weekend. If you've seen the trailer, you you, you know what you're in for if you've read the book. Um, it's it's a delightful... It's a delightful modern fairy tale. That's cool. Okay. So what did you see? see? I saw a Zodiac Killer. Okay. So the, the opposite. And uh, Zodiac Killer is one of the things that came out of the Something Weird archive. And so uh, the Something Weird archive is, as I understand it, part of the American Genre Films archive, all of which is housed in the Alamo draft house. And uh, not the Alamo, the, the place like Pee Wee Herman <laughs> lost his bike there. But no, it's the. And there's the no Alamo basement in the Alamo. There is no basement in the Alamo. <laughs> it turns out there is, and it's a film archive. It's a film archive. And so um, uh, it came out of the Something Weird archive and it was scanned by the 4K scanner that I was one of the hundreds of people who helped crowdfund this year, Yay, this last Melissa. year. Yay, Yay, go me, and like 700 other people. Um, I actually have a giant film canister at home that says Torture Dungeon because uh, that's what they sent me as my reward. Aww. Anyway, it was really cool. But anyway, uh, Zodiac Killer is one that they scanned. And the history behind this movie, was it, was, it came out... Oh, it was made 1975-ish, maybe even earlier, I can't remember. But it is an exploitation film made by a guy who owned a chain of Pizza Man restaurants. And he decided (laughs) he wanted to make a movie. And so he did. And the it's you know like they were you. they were still trying to catch the Zodiac killer at the time, uh-huh. so it was kind of cashing in on that. And so the murders depicted in the movie, at least some of them, are uh, fairly close in detail to what actually happened. Oh, okay. So they were detailing that pretty right, but the rest of it, you know, which comes down to including uh, the Zodiac killer is a guy who uh, ha- is his own devil cult trying to raise the continent of Atlantis. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bold choice. Yeah. Bold choice. <laughs> not, not so true or uh, not very supported. Well, we've never caught the Zodiac killer. Yeah, that's true. But I'm pretty I'm sure. Pre- saying. I, I'm saying that you know Occam's Razor probably says he was not a devil cult of one trying to raise uh, the lost continent of Atlantis. Just saying. Yeah. yeah. Just saying. Uh, but it was a lot of fun uh, watching the movie. Um, it's it's not one of the laugh a minute uh, weirdo uh, what exploitation. The hell just happened? Yeah. It it it. 
it's not quite as fun as something like the Astrologer, which uh, was here a couple years ago, uh, which was kind of much the same thing. Like some random dude decided to make a movie, and it's bonkers town. <laughs> it's not as as fun as some of the other stuff, but uh, this one is. It's pretty fun. Um, it's impressive what they got out of the print because it was a 16 millimeter print blown up to 35 millimeter, oh. and the only print that existed was the one in the Something Weird archive. So, and it was wow. completely pink. It, it had gone completely <laughs> pink. It had deteriorated that far. Somehow they pulled all the colors back out of it Damn. with the scanner, and uh, you know the the folks that they have working doing color correction on it did a really nice wow. job. Wow, that's it's, impressive. It doesn't look perfect, but you know, so it's still a little fuzzy because it's a blow up of a smaller <laughs> negative, and um, there are some so dings and scratches and things like that. And, but it's impressive what they did for restoration. Neat. Pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So they're doing that with more of their archive, and it's exciting to see. So what are you seeing next? I am seeing Dear Sister next, which I'm very excited about. And And Melissa has talked, has convinced me that I want to see it as well, and I am excited (laughs) about this. Because I like Maddie Doe's work very much. How about you, Barb? I'm seeing Fashionista, which was filmed here in Austin. Awesome. Uh, back in March, I believe, March-April time frame. Okay. And it's got Eric Balfour and Amanda Fuller and Ethan Embry. Oh, nice. And it's uh, Simon Rumley directed it. No. So he did, yeah. if you know, Red, White, and Blue, which was also shot in Austin. That's what I've, I've heard, that Red, White, and Blue is something I need to see. It is super intense. It okay. starts out, it was funny because we were extras in that. <laughs> and so we went to the screening, and I had dragged a girl I work with to it yeah. to be an extra with me because they wanted people that could two-step. Okay. And she's like the two-step oh, queen. Oh, I remember they put the for that. And, yeah. Right. And she ended up dancing yeah. the entire time, didn't make it in the final cut. Oh. But, oh. Um, but we went oh. to see the movie, and this is a co-worker of mine, and the movie starts out pretty, it's pretty gritty. Yeah. And I thought, oh, no, she's going to hate this thing. And when it started, it was a little bit kind of iffy. But then as it built up, it was like, oh, and then once stuff started going down, it was like, oh, this movie is great. And so we walked out loving it. So awesome. I'm pretty, pretty excited to see what he's done with this one. Okay, excellent. It's also equally very violent. All right. Oh, pretty. Wendy has added a bunch of eyeballs to her badge. Yeah. I feel like it's appropriate. Wendy has turned her badge into the Shoggoth. So, <laughs> dear listeners, we will be back after the next time slot to report on what happens next. Oh, I lost an eyeball. Oh. <laughs> And we're back, and, and Barbara's back, and Wendy's back, and I'm hey. back, and we're all here. back, forward, and sideways. And so that was film number four, four of the today. day. Yes. yes. Hey. The day has flown by. Yeah. Like, I, I came out of that film and went, shit, it's after 10. Yeah. Crap, I meant to call my husband today and talk to him face to face, like, actually speak to him. Oh, it's wow. dark. Yeah. It's dark outside. <laughs> How did that I happen? I don't understand. Keska, <laughs> say. <laughs> uh, all right. So, Barbara, what did you see? I saw Fashionista, which is the new Simon Rumley film mentioned earlier. And, I, you know, my least favorite of his movies, to be honest. Yeah, that's sad. A little disappointing. I did like the fact that he used only Austin music, and it was an Austin-based film. Outside of that, yeah, was, uh, most of the guys were real assholes. And the women are crazy. So hey, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. what's it about? It's about a woman who is addicted to clothes. Oh, and they have their shop of secondhand clothes. That yes. one. Okay. Yes. Yes. So it, it. I felt like it was gonna build, and it started to build, and then it just kind of went bonkers. But not 
in the good red, white, and blue way bonkers. It was sort of a different bonkers. And it just wasn't my cup of tea, really. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's an, that's. That's that. So, uh, dear listeners, track down red, white, and blue instead. Yes. Okay. <laughs> there you go. I, I highly recommend Red, White, and Blue. I love that movie. Okay. <laughs> and on a happy note. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and pivot away from that and let's talk about this instead. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good choice. So Wendy and I saw Dearest Sister. Yes. Which is the newest movie from Maddie Doe. Yes. Who is fascinating Isn't as she amazing? Fun. I told you, Wendy. I told you. She's amazing. She's just so excited and happy and like She's me. She's bubbly and... and- and, and curses like funny. a sailor, yeah. which yeah. I'm like, I love you. And then she's like, I'm a ballerina, motherfuckers. And I'm like, I love that whole sentence Yeah, right there. Yeah. Yeah. She, her life story is amazing. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of these days I want to like corner, it's like, Maddie, can you record with us for like 10 minutes? I want your life story. <laughs> like <laughs> she studied ballet in Italy and then ended up in the Utah conservatory, yeah. which must've been how she met her husband. Yeah. who's from Utah. Now that you think about it, duh. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she like, what? And then she and then she's di- just directing a film and and this is no criticism, but she's literally turning around and going, "How does a camera department normally work yeah. when it's not my film?" Well, like there's a DP, there's a camera operator, there's a focus puller, there's a clapboard guy, there's an assistant. She's like, "Oh, is that what it is? I would have no idea." So here's this woman who is make who's made several films well, and is yeah this is her third this is her third um so several films she is you know getting a name for herself on the festival circuit and she literally like her her husband said you should direct here's a book on how to do it oh nice <laughs> yeah she was uh, she was earning money as a, a makeup artist because uh, uh i guess you know, you know, point shoes are expensive. So. <laughs> That's what she said. Point shoes are expensive, so I was working as a makeup artist. Yeah, and uh, oh, there's a semi right here. <laughs> well, that's exciting. That's the way to interrupt the podcast. Why is there a semi? And why did it roll forward 12 feet? Okay. Anyway, it, this could be the start of something very yeah, weird. This could be a sh- this could be a shenanigan. This could be an apocalypse, or it could just be the Alamo's regularly scheduled food delivery. Well, the Green Goblin's face is not in the front of the truck, so I feel relatively safe still. <laughs> I'm feeling okay about it. Okay, so anyway. Back... <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the truck driver is talking to us listeners. Yes. Um, so Dearest Sister is um, it's a really lovely... Um, it's technically a horror, but it's really mostly just about these characters just kind of grating up against each other, uh-huh. like and and their relationships and the layers of the relationships, and it's highly female centric, which was so exciting. Yeah. Um, and the character, all three women, are complex and like you can kind of even like even the maid who I hated. Yeah, I, yeah. I could also see. Like, how that could come about that you would be that resentful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. The maid is the attitude that the uh, uh, main character is starting to form as she's living in this household. Like, she has the seeds of what might eventually grow into... Which is partially class-based. Yeah, it's all, and, it's all class. You know, class and wealth, not just... Oh, a poor person is going to become resentful of a wealthy person, but right. 
the wealthy person is treating me a certain way and thinks nothing of doing it because they're wealthy and I'm from a poor village. Right. Like, this woman thinks nothing of saying, no, you can't go out tonight. Mm -hmm. I need you here. And then leaving the house and not coming back till later. So, Mm -hmm. no, you can't go out. Stay home. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, what? What? Yeah. Yeah. And it's the... the the script is so good in how it treats the characters, and it's a horror film in the sense that it's like it's more gothic. It's all it's uh-huh. atmosphere, and uh, it's just creepy visions simmering. Uh, yeah, like nothing, yeah. nothing overtly horrific is happening. Yeah, except that it's um, there's a there's it's not even dread. It's it's just this. It's just atmosphere. It's just atmosphere, yeah. Yeah, I, I really like the tone of uh, Maddie's films because uh, Chantilly is pretty much, very much the same uh, in tone as this movie. And also female-driven, and uh, that one's about a, a young woman who's agoraphobic and can't... Uh, well, she's not necessarily agoraphobic, but she has a heart condition, and her family will not let her go outside of the house. Period, and so she's kind of trapped inside, and she starts seeing apparitions, and so oh, so it's it it totally it's it's very similar. You know, you're still seeing ghosts, but also there's uh, it's kind of I feel it's a a Lao thing, kind of this attitude towards seeing these apparitions. They're not necessarily terrifying. They could be good. They could be bad. But you're seeing things like I am. I am necessarily a terrible thing. I am seeing yeah. spirits, yeah. but I am not horrified by it. I'm not terrified by it. I'm confused by it. <laughs> it is disturbing. I don't like that I am seeing them because I don't know what they want. Yeah. I mean, it really is more that. Yeah. I don't like that I'm seeing them because I don't know what they want. Not that I'm seeing ghosts and what the actual fuck. Yeah. Just like, um, I don't know what they want. And they look bad. They look creepy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah and, and I'm mostly blind and I'm tripping over things and I'm getting hurt. But it's not necessarily the ghosts that are the terrifying part. Right. Which is very interesting to me. Yeah. That yeah. sounds really cool. I need yeah. to check out her stuff. It's very well, similar in tone to yeah. Sweet, Sweet, Lonely Girl, except this film really stuck the landing. Yeah, oh, cool. It really, cool. It's, mm, it's so good. It's a laugh. Um, where Chantilly is very clearly a, a, a first directorial effort. And, you know, as, as Maddie was telling us tonight, it's like... I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I did, learned it from a book. <laughs> but, you know, she did very, very well for her first outing uh-huh. with, like, no money. But if that movie, that if Chantilly has any flaws, it's a very languid pacing. And this has really tightened up. Yeah, I mean, it's still yeah. very, it's still a thoughtful pace, right? Yeah. It's not. It's not moving fast, but I was never bored or frustrated by the pace. Yeah. Yeah, it's. It, I was like, okay, very this, mm, nice, okay, very nice rhythm to it. So yeah, it, sounds it was. Wonderful. I'm so excited to see it because I, I love her work and I love Maddie and uh, and uh, her dog Mango is in it and she was very excited about that. And <laughs> I just love that she. she I love. Her dog. I love a dog named Mango. That's yeah, adorable. That's yeah, yeah, Mango's a sweet. Um, okay, so, my so baby's seating. So okay, okay. I'm run off and, and so should we actually? Okay, we'll see you after. Right. Okay, dear listeners, we're going to go see Dog Eat Dog. We're going to see Nicolas Cage. Yes. Yes we, are. <laughs> yes, we are. Okay, so dear listeners, we will be back after that. 
All right, listeners, we have finished day four of Fantastic Fest. It is 2.10 a.m., which is early for us, really. Yeah, but honestly. it's starting to wear. Yeah, I think I'm coming down with a cold. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm shocked, shocked to tell you. I think I come home sick every single year. I even remembered to get vaccinated before coming down here uh, this year. It, well, it's just, it wears your body out. Well, it does. It really does. And then you just pass through the stew of the lobby. Like the the moibius petri dish that is the lobby. Yeah, so you're you're eating junk food for eight days. You're hanging out in theaters with people from all over the world, and you're all sleep deprived. Ninety percent of you are going home with a cold. Yeah, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> yeah, really. So anyway, we just got out of uh, a screening of Dog Eat Dog. Uh, uh, which stars Nicolas Cage and Willem Dafoe. And, and uh, it's directed by Paul Schrader, who was the guy who wrote Taxi Driver and Raging Bull. Yeah. And uh, also, you know, directed things like the remake of Cat People. Yeah. So, uh, there you go. He's it's, got quite the pedigree. <laughs> he really does. And uh, he, although he did direct one of the most atrocious movies of, the, of recent memory called The Canyons. Uh, <laughs> just saying. Uh, actually, he did write a very interesting, very long article about the making of that movie, which is fascinating. And but we won't get into that. So, Dog Eat Dog, um, it's it's worth watching on the point of um, Nicolas Cage is being Nicolas Cage. You know, yeah. fairly snatch your tits off, snatch your tits off, Nicolas Cage, and uh, Willem Dafoe is like Nicolas Cage scale thirteen. Like so, he's trying like, to out Cage Cage, and he does yeah, it. Yeah, he does it, and uh, yeah, like off the leash, Willem Dafoe is something to be reckoned like, with. Like took it farther than there was a firefight. Yeah, Willem Dafoe. Yeah, yeah, pretty spectacular, honestly. Yeah. Uh, so it's worth watching for that, and also the. Um, that cinematography is just buttery smooth. That yeah, is a I, beautiful I, looking movie. I agree with you on that. Yeah, just oh, the it, stylistically just beautiful. But it's one of those movies where it starts strong and wanders around a bit, and then by the ending, you go, "Oh, I, I don't think that movie was about what I thought it was about." I don't know that he knew what it was about. I I. Knowing Paul Schrader's strengths as a writer, I presume he did. And then he just forgot about it in the I, editing suite? Yeah, fuck if I know. <laughs> or he didn't get it in the can and made something else up on the fly? Or he didn't signal his, his turns well enough and we're all just left at the end going, what the fuck? I, my complaint, it didn't go far enough. Oh, I agree with like that. Like you have bits and pieces of crazy pants. Yeah. But it doesn't go... All the way balls to the wall. Yeah. Crazy violent. I think they were trying to make you care about these guys. Yeah, and that wasn't working. No, that really doesn't work. Like, you can make me laugh at them. Yeah. You can make me enjoy them, but you You, can't, you should not be trying to make me care. Right. You can engage with them. Yeah. But not like them. There's nothing to like there. Yeah. Other than yeah. in a sort of fascinating, holy shit, you're fucked up way. Like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it started strong, and then I didn't realize I wasn't having a good time until it ended, yeah. and I went, wow. Yeah. That wasn't satisfying. Yeah. But 
Yeah, oh well. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? You, you take the good, you take the bad, and that's when you get fantastic. That, ta-da! And it wasn't bad. I, yeah. I don't recommend it, though. Like, there are some things that I'll, like, like, that was a hot mess, and it was weird, and it didn't succeed, but I, yeah, you should watch it. I can't honestly recommend this. It doesn't... I feel like if you have nothing else better to do and want to watch some really pretty cinematography and watch Willem Dafoe be Willem Dafoe on full, full volume, um, I, I feel it's at least worth your time in that way. But um, um, So anyway, the so many cars. It is the end of the night. It is the end of the night. So dear listeners, we are... Uh, oh, yeah, it's... <laughs> oh, no, come on. Um, Lee just wandered in. Yeah, Lee... Lee just pulled up. She's one of the cars. Hi, Lee. I didn't realize you were recording. I think it, it's sneaky. It's sneaky looking. What did you see? I, I got out of Sonoma's Kayako. How was that? It How was, was that? so fun. That's, I loved God it. God damn it, I'm so having regrets. Yeah. So good. I never, of, of the of the three things that were the picks for this time slot. Uh, I never would have guessed that one. Yeah, I would never so have good. picked The Ring versus The Grudge. But apparently, I and I keep I kept hearing Aww. it in the crowd afterward too. It was the I'm looking everybody's at your just, face, and your face is the face I so wish good. I had. Yes. Yeah. Wait, what did you see? We we Doggy saw Doggy Dog. Dog. How was it? No. Eh. Oh. Yeah. It, so so tell us about the the Ring versus the Grudge, <laughs> or uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Sadako. Sa- Sadako versus Kayako. 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 Okay. Yeah. So. Um, I, it starts off, these girls are in a college class, and they're talking about urban legends. Okay. And so when they talk about the house, the tape, also, like, the, the slip mouth woman, all these different urban myths that cool. we've, like, <laughs> usually seen. Like, most of them haven't come to the U.S., but, you know, some of them have. And um, so one of the girls, her parents are coming upon their, I think their six-year wedding anniversary, but the film is on tape. So she wants to give them as a gift to convert it to a DVD. So, of course, they don't have a tape deck. They go to a thrift stop, and they buy, like, an old VCR. And so yeah. in there is the tape. Yeah. Oh. Awesome. Yeah. So they watched it. Curse comes back. And so then she's cursed, and then this other girl moves into the house next to the cursed house. And then she becomes cursed. Yeah. So they're just like, well, how do we get rid of these curses? I know. We pin the two of them against one another. <laughs> so then it's like this battle. That's... Who comes out on top. That's awesome. Okay. All right. All right. I'm I, on board with that. I'm, I'm going to look forward. Instead of regretting the last two hours, I'm going to look forward. Yes. Yes, I like that. I like that. And I want to make it clear, listeners, my regret of the last two hours isn't biting regret. It's food regret. It's just, wow. Yeah, it's like I I could have picked better. Wow, that hamburger was dry and like a hockey puck. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah, like like that's how that movie... Taste it. Yeah, with, with that pedigree, it should have been a lot better. It should have been juicy as fuck. Yes, it really should have been, and, and it, it was wasn't. not. Although that opener was great. The, yeah, well, yeah, it started off strong, man. Yeah, well, that's that's the cheese hiding you from the substandard burger. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and that cheese being Willem Dafoe off the leash. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Willem Dafoe going bonkers in the cold open, you know? It's just, oh, nice. It's like crazy Willem Dafoe. Right? It's it, is, it, is, it is Willem Dafoe outdoing Nicolas Cage Willem Dafoe. Oh. Except even yeah. so, oh, like they could, like, they needed to then go, you know what? 
even so, I still felt like he, there was a little bit of a leash there. And I'm like, unleash him. Let yeah. him go. Let him I go. Need more. This movie needs more. You are not, like, you're calling it dog eat dog. And you're giving me a little bit of crazy pants. And I'm like, I am expecting, I am expecting my this, eyebrows to be melted off here. This and should instead, be. I am. Yeah. <sighs> this should be the Iditarod of Dog Eat Dog. <laughs> right. Dog race between Defoe and Cage. And they should be out crazying each other. Like, yeah. Like going further than they ever did before wanted, across the I Arctic wasteland. More boondock Saints than Boondock Saints. Yeah. Like, yeah. It doesn't have to make sense. I just want it loud. And no. No. <sighs> so sad. Smurf. So, dear listeners, see The Grudge versus The Ring instead. <laughs> see see Sudoku versus Kayaks instead. <laughs> That's how I'm going to remember it. Sudoku versus, versus Kayaks. <laughs> oh, my God. Who's going to win? The mathematical logic puzzle or the tiny little one-person canoe? <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to close this out so we can go to goddamn bed. Yeah, we need to, like, drive home crap. Thank you, listeners. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Yes, we'll be back. Bye. Bye.